Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks Hire. This update brought to you by the American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. More at ADR.org. The state of California is barring Wells Fargo from underwriting state debt from its banking transactions and its in its investments after the company admitted to opening millions of bogus customer accounts. California is the nation's largest issuer of municipal bonds. That suspension takes effect immediately. It will remain in place for 12 months. Wells Fargo shares are a little changed up now by less than one-tenth of one percent. S&P 500 index up 7 to 21.67, up 4 tenths of 1%. Oil is surging. West Texas Intermediate up 5%, 46.90. Right now we have got gold down 4.90, the ounce to 13.21. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. We're broadcasting live today at the Bloomberg Market's most influential summit at our world headquarters. We want to bring in a very special guest now who is going to get us up to date on what's going on with the stock market today, rising actually on a report. OPEC has reached a deal to curb production. We've seen headlines like this before. We'll see if this one holds up. And step back also and look at some of the big macro forces the elections, the debates, and, of course, the Federal Reserve. Very happy to welcome back to this show Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer for BMO Private Bank. So, Jack, uh, let's start with the latest on OPEC. Uh, it seems to me that every time there's some kind of OPEC meeting, there's this back and forth about maybe reaching some kind of deal. What do you make of the latest news? And, and I guess even more importantly, how important is this to the stock market? Well, I do think it's important, the stock market. Um, it, it would appear anyway that oil is really a global growth barometer. And um, historically, or at least over the last couple of uh, quarters anyway, um, there has been a tight correlation between the direction of the stock market and the direction of oil prices. So I think having um, perhaps some sort of an agreement or at least a report of an agreement certainly boosting oil prices, and that's turned stocks around today. You know, Jack, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to turn you domestic, and I want you to just tell me about the U.S. banking industry because, of course, one of the more recent pieces of news is that California has suspended its business relationship with uh, Wells Fargo. Uh, the banks uh, in the United States are particularly pressured because of low interest rates, and as a result, they have major incentives to try to make other businesses, but also they have to set aside a lot of capital. What's your take on how banks will be performing if we do get an interest rate increase? Well, I do think, uh, and I, I would t- tend to agree with you, um, that you know the banks are certainly under a lot of pressure. Um, they've, they've been the political pinata. Uh, going into the election season, this is a this is one area where both Republicans and Democrats can agree. Um, so that that's been um, in the in the uh, uh, headlines. Um, but I do think that ultimately the higher short-term interest rates will ultimately you know will be a salve for um, these companies that have been under some profit pressure. <coughs> well, and of course. 
Talk about pressure. Janet Yellen was kind of beaten up on Capitol Hill today, uh, defending the big banks. They're in much better shape than they were. They're better capitalized. Uh, yesterday, Chris Whalen from Noel Bond Rating Agency, he's quite expert on the banks, said, yes, he was a big proponent of ringing in the banks during the crisis, but now they're overregulated, and the more the banks, uh, the regulators want to raise capital, that's hurting them. Does that, do you agree with that? And, and does it mean, does it make banks less of a good investment, the financials? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, you have to sort of put uh, a different lens on banks nowadays. Uh, I, I would argue that they are um, should be trading at a lower valuation, and they certainly are currently, um, but also they're safer bets. I mean, the fact is now if you're going to treat them like utilities, then you know my guess is their stocks are going to be pre- perform a lot uh, more predictably. Um, so I think there are, you know, a double-edged sword there. Um, but on the other hand, keep in mind, financials is the only sector uh, this year that's actually negative uh, while the rest of the market is higher. So there is a lot of making up to do. And I think that higher interest rates and having the election behind us um, could be the catalyst to make uh, to allow these these stocks to move over the next four quarters. Okay, so we got it. We did a little bit of oil. We did a little bit of banks, banking stocks, the United States. I want you to tell me about... The peso in Mexico and Donald Trump. This refers specifically to your most uh, recent uh, missive, your letter that you sent. Yeah, thanks, Pam. Um, yeah, you know, we've looked at a bunch of implications of um, uh, of Trump and, and, and Clinton and so forth. And probably, you know, you could argue biotech for for Clinton, but it was really the peso that has uh, the, the biggest uh, statistical uh, correlation to Trump's, um, you know, the vagaries of his, uh, uh, of his fortunes in this, in this election. And um, what, what, what we found was probably not a surprise as his uh, election chances improved, the, the peso fell and vice versa. And so one of the earliest indications that I noticed right after the debate um, was that the peso rallied, in, in addition to stock futures. But the peso in particular really signified uh, to me or reaffirmed to me that investors believe that uh, Donald Trump lost the debate or at least didn't get the message that he wanted to get across. And uh, Clinton um, certainly didn't lose. Of course, the, uh, this is a bet that if Donald Trump were elected, he would block, alter, even dismantle trade deals that have benefited Mexico greatly. So I guess that, that is, is the logic there. And of course, is there any logic behind this? And is this just like a kind of a two-month wonder? Once you get the results from the election, does this trade go away? Uh, I don't think so, uh, Kathleen. I think what we're finding is, first of all, going into the, um, the, the going into that um, Monday um, debate, we have to keep in mind the peso was the weakest in its entire history relative to the U.S. dollar. And so this rally that we're seeing, a relief rally, whatever you want to call it, is um, you know certainly moving the currency in the right direction, but I also think it underscores the notion that you know whether Trump uh, attains presidency or he he disappears, uh, this issue isn't going to go away. Uh, I think that um, candidates, um, but also constituents, are pretty skeptical of trade, and that could put um, Mexico. Uh, and the peso uh, under under duress, uh, even after uh, you know Trump, if he were to uh, lose um, into next year. 
Well, well, Jack, you know, I'm going to turn you all the way back to the to North America and Canada, and then I want you to go and uh, do that pivot for for more oil and natural resources, because um, you mentioned uh, the uh, the value of the peso, the value of the Canadian dollar also sliding. Tell me what's going on there, and then tie that into natural resources. You know, do that whole boat. Yeah. So um, the uh, you know the Canadian currency slightly different trade, although um, it was you know again it was really NAFTA that was called into question um, that uh, candidate Trump, uh, should he be elected president, uh, would hope to um, cancel NAFTA, which of course covers Canada as well. So I do think there is some of that going on. Um, but but you're right, Tim. Uh, Canada is a resource-rich country, and uh, oil prices have uh, certainly have come down pretty dramatically from their peak uh, a, a couple of years ago. Uh, and that's put pressure on the currency. In fact, uh, we believe, and you know, at, at 77 cents on the dollar, um, the Canadian dollar is probably eight or nine percent undervalued on a, what we'll call a purchasing power parity or kind of a, a fair value basis. So uh, we think that um, you know these two currencies could be pretty interesting. You know, interesting plays. Uh, once the um, you know the the all the confetti is swept hmm. up after this election. Okay, until that confetti falls, are you on the sidelines? Are you, have you moved a lot into cash? Is that the best strategy when we? It still looks like a pretty close race, and we know if any of these things like the peso volatility are an early indication. Markets of many different asset classes around the world could move. When we get the election results, depending on what they are, is it best just to be defensive right now? Well, it really depends on your your time horizon and the strength of your stomach, I suppose. Um, we do have a fair, sizable cash position. It's been kind of a, you know, burning a hole in our pocket, but we want to keep some powder dry and look for opportunities. On the other hand, I think that you know a lot of the you know the 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 rhetoric is it will die down uh, whether it's surrounding the um, the banks uh, and Wells Fargo well whether it's surrounding the concerns about the peso or even uh, biotechs and whatever you know keep in mind even if um, you know a candidate is elected it doesn't necessarily it may be a surprise to everyone all of your listeners but not all candidates actually enact items that they talk about during the campaign. So um, it's it's entirely possible that sort of the enthusiasm wears off once they get into office, and lo and behold, these sectors come back. Yeah, very good point. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Jack Abman, as always, the Chief Investment Officer at BMO Private Bank. We are broadcasting from Bloomberg Market's most influential summit from our world headquarters in New York. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. My co-host, Kathleen Hayes. This is Bloomberg.